Would you like to retire with enough? My name is Peter Guidry, and I am the host of the Retiring with Enough podcast. Let's find out if we're all stuck with a lifetime of anxiety and apprehension. In life, as in garden making, I have concluded you are never able to shake free of three aspects of reality, pain, uncertainty, and constant work. The Grateful Dead spelled out the obvious in their song, Uncle John's Band. One line is crystal clear. When life looks like easy street, there is danger at your door. And that's a quote by Phil Stutz. So almost everyone knows those gnawing internal feelings that can eat away at physical and mental health if not addressed. Acknowledging that stress and anxiety are present is the first and easy part of the answer. We're going to tackle the causes and manifestations of stress and anxiety because those are much harder to acknowledge and treat. There's an old saying, physician, heal thyself. I went into practice at about age 28, and by the time I was in my early 30s, I I hit my stride. My day went something like this. It was up early, do some early morning prayers, do a little bit of reading, take a shower, and get to the office between 7.15 and 7.20, in the morning. Then it was due case prep until we started seeing patients at 8 a.m., and that went on from 8 a.m. to approximately 12 p.m. At noon, I would hurry up and change into workout clothes, and then it was workout from about 12 to about 12.45 or 1 p.m. Then it was take another quick shower and back to seeing patients around 1 or 1.15. Sometime during the day between patients, I would try and take a little break and eat a little something, and then it was back to patients until 5 or 5.30 in the afternoon. After we finished with patients, and I would prep for the next day's schedule, which would take 30 minutes to an hour. After that, it was back home to spend time with family and my wife, and then off to bed around 11 p.m. And then the next day, do the same thing all over again. By the time I hit my early 40s, this steady diet of too many hours at work, too heavy a caseload, and too little downtime started taking a physical toll. My options at that point were to continue on the present course and try to gut it out or to change my mode of practice. Since I wanted to be around for a few more years, I decided to change my work and workout schedule, and I also took time off during the day to allow for a mental and an emotional reset. It actually took several months, but the work schedule and workout schedule changes finally brought me back to a state of optimum health. Not everyone has the ability to control their work schedule or to modify their work or workout environment, so those things may be a little more difficult to accomplish. But there are still a lot of ways to make positive changes. In my case, those early physical manifestations of stress gave me a chance to acknowledge that maybe my schedule was a little too strenuous and that I needed to back off just a bit. I had to acknowledge that the stress associated with my dental practice in conjunction with my type A personality were causing physical and emotional problems and that all the money and status associated with professional and business success aren't worth ruining your mental or physical health. This also brings to mind a recent conversation about stress and anxiety I had with someone I'll call Joe who is very apprehensive and uncertain as he approached retirement. 
Like everyone faced with the prospect of retirement, Joe was concerned about his uncertain future, and he wanted to forge a path to retirement that would remove all his worries and fears. Joe's reference to pain and uncertainty brought to mind an interesting phenomena that I've noted when traveling. Over my lifetime, I've been blessed in the fact that I've been able to travel extensively, but I've always noticed that the first few days of a trip, I always felt apprehensive or stressed. And this occurred especially when traveling into an unfamiliar area or to a foreign country. But as the trip progressed, each day brought new changes in location, customs, diet, and itinerary. I found that the apprehension and stress eased as the constant change I was undergoing became the new normal. Once change became the constant, then change became normal and my apprehension declined. This has happened numerous times over my travel years, and now I actually embrace the apprehension and stress as part of a normal process for achieving happiness through travel. When traveling, I've learned to acknowledge and accept a certain level of stress and anxiety as a pathway to eventual happiness. My travel reality is that pain, uncertainty, and constant work initially create stress, but ultimately create happiness by acknowledging and controlling stress and apprehension. For me, the question then became, will this same strategy hold true for the concept of having enough? Acknowledging what enough is in the area of finances, mindset, and purpose may initially involve pain, uncertainty, and work. But as each person comes to the realization of what enough means in each of these areas, the pain, uncertainty, and work are replaced with happiness and contentment. Using my experience with travel as a reference, is there actually a way to mediate and control stress and apprehension in life? Let's start first by taking a look at stress and apprehension at work. I guess it would be an understatement to say that stressful situations at work can come from multiple directions. Research seems to indicate that decisions made under stress tend to be knee-jerk type of reactions, which are a direct reaction to stimuli and are much less productive. Let's look at some common situations. The first would be conflicts with coworkers. And of course, conflicts and disagreements with coworkers can lead to high levels of stress for sure. Not only that, but constantly working in an environment of unresolved conflict can definitely put a knot in anyone's stomach. Most larger companies have some type of a formal grievance process, but in most cases, the best path would probably be just to address the problem directly in an honest and straightforward manner. Acknowledge your own fault and work towards a pathway to resolution. Regardless of the outcome, You've tried your best, and you can let go of the stress. Delegating projects to others can definitely reduce stress, but can also become a double-pronged fork. One prong is the fear that the person you appoint will fail and reflect poorly on your choice. The second prong is that the person will be wildly successful, and now you become irrelevant. Wisdom flows through understanding. The first step towards wisdom is developing self-awareness and self-understanding, work delegations made wisely and thoughtfully can be done without stress when a person has faith and confidence in themselves and in their co-workers. 
being the bad cop at work can also be stressful because most people don't like being the bearer of bad news. We tend to either be overly direct without considering the feelings of the other person or the consequences of our talk or very tentative. You know, in other words, we beat around the bush. A tried and true approach instead of ripping off the Band-Aid or softening the blow is the sandwich technique. In this particular technique, proper preparation is essential as your sandwiched message must contain the bad news sandwiched between two slices of good news or good things the worker has accomplished. High-risk decisions are another stressor because they are usually another two-pronged fork. One prong is trust your gut and the other is analyze everything. Stress builds as impulses conflict with the data gathering. The key here is to acknowledge that you have two sets of emotions and you want to try and blend them into a better analysis of data and confirmation with management about style and direction. By blending the concepts of trust your gut and analyze everything, then this may allow better judgment to prevail. The two concepts of think long, think wrong, and a poor choice is better than no choice don't work. I'm sure in a work situation, no one's ever had to defend their ideas, which obviously would be a stressor, because whether floated directly or indirectly, dogmatic defense of a position is definitely a stress producer. This is another situation where self-understanding is really key. Understanding why a certain stance or an idea is important can help to justify or modify a dogmatic approach to the problem. Generally, management tends to frown on inflexibility. Probably one, if not the most stressful decision while working is the decision of when to quit. This obviously is a very important decision, and it was discussed in the podcast titled Thinking of Quitting Work and the podcast titled Help, I Need to Quit Working Full-Time. Our second major inflection point is stress and finances, and of course most of us have a lifetime love affair with the stresses associated with creating and maintaining a certain kind of lifestyle. And nowhere is this more evident than in the pursuit of more than enough, because that creates lifelong stress that only grows as the finish line continually moves farther away. Unless you're the richest person in the world, There'll always be someone with more money, and even the richest person in the world status changes over time. So using money as the benchmark of success is a surefire way to ramp up stress and anxiety that's not going to go away. The money is second only to breathing philosophy creates a long and stressful ramp to success. Putting money ahead of faith, family, or leisure activities will keep your life out of true balance. For more on this, you can listen to the podcast titled Happiness and the Cross of Life. And it's also important to remember that spiritual readings teach that it is not money in and of itself, but the love of money that is the root of all evil. Bankruptcy. Even the word sounds stressful. Can anything be much worse than admitting your finances are totally in disarray and that you must file for legal protection against creditors. Foreclosure, another one that doesn't sound too good, that means that you're upside down on a loan or that you can't pay the notes and you'll be losing your home. 
the asset that is one of the largest sources of wealth for the average person. I feel that both bankruptcy and foreclosure are generally avoidable events. If you get proper financial training, and if you actually put that training into effect, the lack of an emergency fund can also be a stressor because small financial setbacks can create major financial problems when someone is not financially prepared for these events. I have a podcast about that titled, Do I Need an Emergency Fund? Job loss is also a stressor as unexpected job loss can be devastating. This is a bad situation for anyone, and the effects can be multiplied if you're financially unprepared for that period without income. What about if you don't lose your job, but your work hours get reduced? That can be pretty stressful, too, because it can have almost the same effect. It's the slow death by a thousand cuts where the financial bleeding takes its toll over a longer period of time when income can't cover all your expenses. Sometimes there's no best answer for an unexpected event, such as job loss or reduced work hours. Getting oneself on sound financial footing as soon as possible and developing an emergency fund helps to smooth out these uneven periods of employment. Do yourself a big favor if you don't have an emergency fund, listen to the podcast, and then go about doing the first steps that will get you on your way to developing an emergency fund. In addition to the emergency fund, everyone should have some type of a savings account. Like an emergency fund, a savings account is an account that can be accessed in a period of financial stress. Savings accounts are liquid, and by that I mean the funds in a savings account can be accessed in a short period of time. A liquid savings account is the second line of defense right behind an emergency fund that can protect against short-term financial setbacks. Debt is definitely a financial stressor. Because a large debt load is the financial sword of Damocles sitting directly above your head with the potential to come crashing down with any financial tremor. More debt means more money diverted to debt service, which is the payment of principal and interest, and of course, less money available for everything else you need or want. Debt is individual to everyone, and so what that means is that everyone approaching retirement has to decide whether they want to move into retirement with consumer debt or to move into retirement being debt-free. Major illnesses or long-term care can both translate into hundreds of thousands of dollars of expenses for long periods. Unplanned health care events can be a major stressor that can derail the best financial plan. Retirees should pre-plan for self-insurance or for long-term care insurance. Taxes and government obligations, tax payments, or the lack thereof can create financial tidal waves. Unpaid taxes or estimated taxes can quickly become delinquent taxes with associated penalties and interest. Unpaid taxes, penalties, and interest payments can eventually spiral out of control. One of the biggest problems that I've experienced with retirees and pre-retirees is actually the subject of taxes. Most people in their working years have taxes removed from their paychecks prior to the point where they get them. But unfortunately, in retirement, there's no one there to take care of all that tax burden for you, and it falls upon the individual to take care of their own tax obligation. 
in many cases, retirees are unfamiliar with and are unprepared to schedule estimated tax payments when estimated taxes are no longer removed from periodic paychecks. This is another area where advanced planning and self-education will definitely pay big dividends. A lack of an organized financial plan can leave people unprepared and scrambling to plug leaks in a sinking financial ship without any thought about long-term resolution or success. Divorce or death of a spouse, in addition to the emotional cost, can have a significant financial cost. In many cases, going from two to one means a decrease in income without a significant decrease in expenses. Losing a spouse or a partner through death or divorce can mean loss of a secondary salary, loss of retirement or pension benefits, or loss of Social Security benefits. Even though expenses normally decrease, these reductions in living expenses usually remain high in relation to the previous expenses. Retirement plans can be stressed beforehand to see how divorce or death will affect retirement plan feasibility. And in this group of financial stressors, I've saved the best, or the worst, I guess you should say, for last and that is lack of retirement funding. Many people approaching retirement realize that they are unprepared financially for retirement. Early implementation of an organized retirement plan can help to mediate this situation. I also have podcasts on this titled Investment Plan Basics and Retirement Plans Getting Started Early. And our last major inflection point is stress and purpose. Stress and anxiety seem to sneak up on many retirees and pre-retirees. Many people approaching retirement seem to think that retirement in the retirement period will be free of stress. Isn't retirement supposed to be the Shangri-La period of life? What could go wrong with a Shangri-La mindset? Which brings us back to a familiar theme, lack of proper planning. Lack of proper planning in retirement means that one moves into retirement unprepared for the mental, financial, and emotional changes that surround retirement. Looking at the rest of your life and seeing a clear slate can be either exhilarating or really anxiety-provoking. Why? Because that clear slate represents a new phase of life. It's not uncommon that fear, anxiety, and apprehension accompany people as they move into retirement. A lot of people may see retirement as the glass being half empty instead of being half full, and retirement may signal a reduction in income, lifestyle, and pleasurable activities for them. This gets back to acknowledging the changes that retirement entails and attempting to embrace these changes as soon as possible that will definitely facilitate a smoother transition into retirement. A lack of a formal retirement plan means that one approaches retirement without knowing, within reason, how much they're worth, how much they're going to spend, and how they're going to provide for that spending. So I have several podcasts about that, one titled Having a Plan, one titled Thinking of Quitting Work, The Right Number, another What's Your Net Worth?, Did I spend that much? Annual spending? Avoiding a financial hurricane by creating and understanding a financial plan? And finally, investment plan basics. Add to these things the stress of living on a fixed income and you'll create the perfect environment for stress and anxiety. 
If you have a well-thought-out and comprehensive retirement plan in place well before retirement, this will go a long way to ease the stress and anxiety that everyone finds and everyone experiences when they move into retirement. Health concerns and health problems tend to increase in number and intensity with increasing age. This is almost a given for everyone as we get older. And this is coupled with potential health care and treatment limitations that may occur with Medicare coverage and the added expense of supplemental coverage. Health problems and insurance coverage gaps increase and can create stress during a stressful time. A recent study that I read seemed to indicate that the number one priority of people in retirement is increasing their health. Even moderate physical activity in retirement has been medically proven to be beneficial. Long-term care considerations. Both giving and receiving long-term care and the associated costs can create stress and anxiety. Cognitive, physical, and emotional changes can exacerbate an already stressful period. The answer lies in careful planning. Lack of purpose can also be a major stressor. Laying around and doing nothing soon loses its luster. Some people mistakenly assume that they'll figure it out after retiring. Although not impossible, waiting until you retire to begin planning the rest of your life may not be the best strategy. Everyone needs three things every day. Something to do, someone to love, and something to look forward to. And if you want to hear a little more about that, you can listen to the podcast, How to Retire with Purpose, Mr. Smith. Relationship Issues Retired people spend much more time with their spouses after leaving the workplace. I just finished doing research on a future podcast, and that research showed that over a person's lifetime, you spend more time with your spouse or partner than any other person your whole life. So any small relationship problems may grow as the couple spend more time together. Parents realize too late that their adult children can't spend time with them due to their own work and family commitments. Friends and co-workers become ill, disinterested, or move away and leave holes in what used to be a busy social life. Counseling, even late in life, can be beneficial. In almost every problem noted above in the three major inflection points, the first step in mediation begins with acknowledging and understanding that you have a problem. Also realizing that in the vast majority of problems, there is a solution. The obvious solution may not be the most desirable outcome in all cases, but there is usually a way through the problem to a better situation. So, can stress and anxiety be totally eliminated? In this podcast, I've spoken about multiple ways to treat, diminish, and mediate stress, anxiety, and apprehension. But I believe that stress, anxiety, and apprehension will remain either in the background or in the forefront for the rest of every person's life. Whether stress, anxiety, and apprehensions are significant problems or merely small aggravations will depend on each person and on each person's willingness to acknowledge and treat the stresses in their own lives. And now a couple of final thoughts. Three realities of life are pain, anxiety, and constant work. The first and easiest step in treating pain, stress, and anxiety is to acknowledge that they are actually present. 
Stress and apprehension can be noted in many areas of life, such as workplace stress, financial stress, and stresses associated with finding purpose in life. Even though there are ways to treat and mediate stress, everyone still will be faced with some level of stress, anxiety, and apprehension throughout their lives. The key to controlling these emotions is acknowledging they're present and working to minimize the effect they have on our daily lives. It's not presently within our control as human beings to totally eliminate stress, anxiety, and apprehension. But at the beginning of the podcast, I did speak about my own experiences with stress and apprehension in relation to travel and how the mere fact of acknowledging and embracing these stresses can lead to a better and happier outcome. So I'm not saying everybody should run out and embrace stress or look for stress in their everyday lives, but yet just to acknowledge that we all have stress and we all have to find ways to deal with it if we want to ultimately be happy. My next podcast is actually a redo as I had published a podcast called Investment Plan Basics and then renamed Crafting a Strategic Investment Roadmap. When I listened to the first podcast, I realized that it really didn't satisfy one of the basic tenets of retiring with enough, which is to make things complex more simple. And it seemed like at the end of listening to this podcast, I didn't feel like I had really simplified that whole process. So I'm doing a redo. This is going to be called Crafting a Strategic Investment Roadmap, but this is the light version. So you may enjoy this one a little more than the first one. Or you may have enjoyed the first one more. Either way, it's okay. So just stick around and see if you like the light version better than the original version. And as always, thanks for spending time with me. If you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to leave a review. And if you want to partake in an online conversation, be sure to search for the Retiring with Enough group on Facebook. Thanks. The information and opinions contained on this podcast are for general education and are considered general communications. Information on the podcast was obtained from various sources and retiring with enough does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information presented. Retiring with enough strongly recommends that you perform your own independent research and or speak with a qualified investment professional, legal advisor, or tax professional before making any financial decisions. The information and opinions expressed should not be construed as financial planning and does not consider the economic status or risk profile of any specific person, nor does it constitute an offer to buy or sell securities.